Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. And that's how you take a shot and follow up with a chaser and still hit the would-be post if we were playing music. Did you hit here the post the, with your piss? Here on the What's in Your Head podcast, what's up, what's up, what's up, OG5. Uh, All-you-can-eat dinner with one drink for $130. We'll get to that here shortly. Okay. Welcome to another episode. As we said, it's the What's in Your Head podcast. It's a final, fun, not final, but it's a fun night here at the, it's the final show, Your Business guys. Name Here podcast. That's right. We no longer have a sponsor on the What's in Your Head or actually any of the podcasts here on the Digital 410 Network. Speaking of the Digital 410 Network, joining us live all the way across the river from the deep, dark depths of probably, I'm assuming you're getting lightning right now because I see it in the distant future heading my way. Something dark and wicked this way comes is Mike, no last name needed, from the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. What's up, Mike, no last name needed? What's going on, fellas? How we doing tonight? Oh, listen to clarity. Is this the first pod from that microphone? No, this is the first pod from your new readjusted studio. Yes. See, we here at the Digital 410 Network... We redid our podcast. Mike did his satellite podcast. We're just going to pretend Gordon redid his satellite podcast, and things are all good here in the neighborhood. Hey, I did mine over <sighs> here. Yeah. We strive for mediocrity here. That, I'm, about to call that out a, I'm about to call it a restaurant <laughs> here. Let's see. Oh, it was so bad before. Uh, Japanese. Um, Cost me a new, I had to buy a new machine and everything. <clears throat> Myers. Yeah, I ended up buying a new desk and dual monitor you know stand and all that fun stuff. when you know it two weeks after i moved this heavy ass nine foot long bench into my room and get my studio set up and set the second one up in my garage then somebody hits me up on facebook oh those benches still available i want to no they're not they're up there for four weeks no one's interested now they're gone it's murphy's law man yeah i'm trying to find this restaurant i was just at in fort myers uh, maybe it's not under sushi. Let's look Japanese. Starts with a C, I think. What the hell is it called? It's over there by the mall, if you will, Mike. You're not talking about Kumo, are you? Ginza, is that it? Is it Japanese? Ginless, endless sushi and hibachi. No bathrooms and drinks available for you. So, it's a family member's birthday, and this family member wanted to go to Ginza. That's G-I-N-Z-A for those of you playing along at home. And I've never been there. We usually go to a different type of restaurant, uh, Japanese joint. It's the cool ones where they give you like the golf score sheet and a little pencil. And you put what food you want and they come and they take it and they bring you another order and they give you another golf sheet and fill out other food you want. And they come, they take it and rinse and repeat until your fat ass is full and, and full of sushi and sashimi and whatever. All you, can, whatever. Eat sushi. All you yes. can eat. Well, this place is the same thing minus the golf sheets, minus working bathrooms. First and foremost, I walk into the Ginsu Endless Sushi and Hibachi in Fort Myers, Florida. Place is kind of packed. Walk into the men's room and you're smacked to dead nuts in the face with the smell of urine and bleach. Apparently, they know they got a bathroom problem and they're trying to disguise it with the smell of bleach. Or somebody was murdered in there. But anyhow, whatever. I, I do my thing. And now, to give, to give 
the benefit of doubt to the young wait staff, we did have a table of probably 12 or 14 people. Better bring in a couple more rollers. Well, the food was good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bag on that. Bathroom was fucked. <laughs> the food was good. Now, you used to not like sushi back in the day when you're young and naive. No, it wasn't young or naive. I have tried endless, and this this proves my point once again. As I was leaving work tonight, and I said to Joe, "Well, I got to go to a." a sushi joint for dinner. He said, well, don't you like sushi? I said, yes, I do. But for the money, I'd rather buy a big fat bloody steak. If you ask me, Hey, do you want to go drop 50, 60, hundred dollars at a sushi joint? Or do you want to go drop 50, 60, hundred dollars at a steakhouse? I'm down for the steak every fucking time. What about you? And Mike? you wait, and you live in Fishland. Correct. How say you, Mike? Well, my girlfriend and I, we just went to, uh, a couple of months ago, we went to a sushi place across the street, and we actually, on the menu, they have this large, what they call the boat. The boat. And they bring this boat out, and it's got, like, probably 18, I think it was, like, 18 different types of fish. No, I don't want to step share. on this place, but if it was a real Japanese restaurant, that would have been called the vessel. Because after yeah, all, the any, <laughs> in the nautical world, they're vessels. Boats are what yeah. civilians call them. It's a right. And I, I, living in Vegas, who has a large Asian, Asian community, think, oh, how quaint. They've got sushi restaurants in Florida. We're going to play a quick, <laughs> fun game. Gordon, you're going to turn your volume down a smidge. Mike, you're going to turn yours up a smidge because you guys are in the same <laughs> pot. So I can't adjust you separately. So you guys are going to be. How's that smidge? Mike, you come up. Gordon, you come down. And I think. I smidged. Okay, you smidged. Did you smudge, Mike, or did you smidge? Uh, I smudged. Okay, smudge, the skosh. Both say something, Mike. Hello, hello. Gordon? Testing, testing, testing. You always do that. He always enunciates when he does his test. He doesn't talk normal. He enunciates. So then it spikes and you can't get a good level. Could you imagine him being like a NASA test pilot or or something? How's that? How is that? You know, he goes to report into the uh, air traffic control center, but he does something goofy just to fuck up their calibration. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you guys are pretty good in level now. That's that's stuff we would do before the show if I wasn't running late after going to this place. So anywho, on our builders, there's three of us. We did the all you can eat. Did the hibachi steak, carried in the hibachi chicken, and then Sarion did the shrimp, and then I did a, uh, the Boston roll, which was good, a lot of it. Boston roll? Sarion got the California spring roll. I Carrie's brother got an inordinate amount of like appetizers all over the place, all different types of salmon and this and that, so I was picking off of his stuff. They had some shredded crab that looked like freaking coleslaw, which was kind of interesting. The food was good. I'm not going to bag on the food. <laughs> the reason I said... All you can eat for $118 with one drink is that's all I got was one drink. Sariana got one drink. Carrie got one drink. Was it out of a can? I had a beer. Finished my one bottle of beer. Did you do a Sapporo or did you do an Ikbin? You can take the boy out of Big Bone, but you can't take Big Bone out of the boy. I got a Miller Lite. That sounds gay. Um, (laughs) You can take the boy out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out of the boy. I got a Miller Lite. But after my Miller Lite and... Not even halfway through the meal because I always bring your meal for. I, hey, can I get a Coke? And my daughter needs a, a, a water. Never shows up. So by the end of the meal, we're like tag team and the rest of Carrie's Coke because we're all parched. Poor Sarah's got shit stuck in her teeth. It was yeah. fine. First time I ever experienced deep fried cheesecake. That was fun. Almost fun, it almost tasted very reminiscent of a soggy elephant ear from the state fair. Can I back you up a minute uh, talking about sushi? Sure. 
So out here, it is um, the Japanese, the sushi joints, and you can throw a bag of rocks and hit five. Why would you say a bag uh, of rocks? They all have some pretty sexually driven names. Can I throw out a couple of, couple of names of sushi rolls? Well, you are in Sin City, for? but you go ahead. We have the threesome special. Okay. We have the taste like my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Very fishy. Have the sexy time. Oh, sexy time. May we people? There's a there's a there's a few others, but I we had actually got rid of. Actually, there's the something wrong also in the Playboy. Some uh, something wrong. D, the Joe special. Is it something we, wrong we or something wrong? Going to this this place, uh, we were getting a little irritated with the lack of quality and and planning. What's up, Morgan Long? We have actually gone to another place that is just you buy one roll. Or two rolls. Those rolls are it's fucking huge. They're almost the size of a burrito cut in the pieces. 100%, and the quality is better. But they're just as bad. They have one called the Tommy Lee. Ooh. And you look huh. at the picture, and it looks like cock and balls with white all over it. <laughs> That's awesome. No, we're, we're a little... Now, I get the J-Roll, which has fresh jalapenos on it, has a very good ponzu sauce. Uh. No, we're a little more subdued. They had generic names like the Kobe. Honoring said Kobe Bryant because, you know, Fort Myers, Florida just screams L.A. Lakers, so why not? <laughs> and then the Bubba, Gump, the Bubba Gump roll, which, as you can imagine, a lot of shrimp in that one. Um, but other than that, just your normal generic stuff. The food well, was their good. Their sauce is called Screaming Orgasm, by the way. Ours is Yum Yum sauce. Once again, cheap. We do have Yum Yum sauce, too, actually. That's Katina's favorite. The food was good. I ain't going to bag them on the food. Um the drink was the biggest thing, and Sariana came out about the women's room. Not only was the men's urinal clogged, apparently the main throne in the women's room was clogged, too. Sariana's like, I can't do anything in there, so they need to, <laughs> they need to get... She's so saying if the old health department took a cruise through, there could have been a... And, and once again, they had you know they had one guy in an expedited come out, and, and there was a lot of people, but isn't... I've never... I've been a line cook. I've been a fast food employee. Gordon, you've waited tables. Isn't, like, Rule 101 at least one... One trip back to make sure they have at least, ask if they at least want one refill, especially Actually, all you can fucking is, eat joints. You constantly monitor your tables and the tables around you in the other area. And once it hits the halfway mark, it's time for a refill. So you would su suggest that maybe an indicator would be the husband and the child fighting over the mom's remnants of her drink, her backwash, if you will. How about this? Hey, garçon. And then wave them over. It was, uh, but the, the deep fried cheesesteak was, was pleasant, but yeah, it's, it's just like, come on. But anyhow. Now is that like covered in, um, like a fried ice cream where it's just basically covered in cinnamon sugar? <laughs> no, it was literally deep fried. Like I said, it tasted like an undercooked cheesy equivalent of an elephant ear from the county fair. It had that same texture, like the original, cause I'm sure they cover it in powdered sugar or whatever before they deep fry it. They, this thing literally came out hot. It looked like a lumpy fried a piece of cheese a cake and you cut into it and it was gooey cheesecake and it was it wasn't the the chi cheese fake fried ice cream where they just put cinnamon and shit on no this fucker was deep fried i mean it was a straight legit deep fried cheesecake so that experience in and of itself was good but um but yeah it's like uh, but anyhow it was all good we're all old fucks here right morgan long he's tuning in he's an old well fuck. maybe you guys are i'm not are you over 35? I'm still 29, buddy. So, oh, wow, he fuck. is young. He's not an official old-ass fuck. Like two, my, that guy is like, that my, guy, if I had kids at like 12, he could be my kid. My, my kid's 22. My birthday is in August. Okay, you're not official. Oh, wait, wait, what date? 
15. Oh, wait, don't say it. Okay. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> we're, we're a couple of days with several decades apart. I mean. Carrie's in August, too, so maybe the three of you can get together and have like a digital birthday party. Woo! All right. But uh, I, I would love, well, once again, if I had a producer, maybe we would have tracked down like a slang expert, someone who like teaches writing and slang and, and vocabulary at have, college level. Have you volunteered anybody from your uh, new gig? No, I only got okay. I only got like three coworkers. One of them's like eighteen, and the other one's older than me. So, <laughs> which I have an interesting story about that. I'll get that in a minute. At what age? Well, this would be good because you are a young ass fuck, but you're still older than the 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 youths out there. Mm-hmm. Is there a producer coming up soon? At what somewhere? At what age? Is the mental line of demarcation where we decide not only are we not going to partake in modern day slang, but we find it stupid and annoying. Just like when we were young and every other word was dude and awesome and not and psych, our parents hated it and rolled their eyes. I say early 40s, early to mid 40s. Once again, I was listening to a podcast, and there was an advertisement for another podcast where the young lady said on her podcast, she's going to spill the tea. Oh, fucking Christ. Let's spill the tea. Well, that's, if it's in the bay, that's good. But No, that's the oh, new that's slang good. for the rumor, the scuttlebutt, the, the hot dope. Well, I tell you, spill the tea has a lot more class than what else it could have been. Yeah, but like spill the tea drives me not, not <laughs> no cap. Now, I get I it. I hate that one. I get it. A lot of the slang comes from hip-hop artists who are trying to make words rhyme and giving me- rhyming words different meaning. Text slang, too. No cap. How is cap even remotely close to lying? Is that and like or- bang, bang? No, it means no no lie, no hyperbole, no exaggeration. Oh, that's no cap. The bathrooms at, at Ginza was fucking horrible. No cap. All right. Uh, I got to look up no cap. Thanks. I'll just explain what well, no see, cap was. Well, see, and... It- you know, something, you know, being a, one of the younger guys, you know, I stopped, you know, paying attention to slang and, and saying stuff like that when I was probably 24, 25. I, you know, yeah, I'd say like dude or something like that or, you know, what's up, bro, or, you know, something like that. But all this new, these new slang terms like no cap and and I, I don't even know half of the stuff that they even say. It's even more painful but, uh, when you see like a... 38-year-old dude or 42-year-old dude on TikTok using that shit as if they're trying to, you know, dude, appeal yeah. to dude, the younger we, audience. Our last, one of our last trips that we've taken on a plane to leave this valley, which has been far too long ago, we were on a plane coming back from, fuck, I, it may have been Florida. Speak up a little bit. Actually, no, it was there on the go. way to Florida from here. God, that's been a while. And there was a lady in her 40s who was very drunk saying hashtag. Everything she said started with hashtag. (laughs) I'm like, fuck it, serious? First and foremost, you don't verbally say hashtag. but I I, I know, right? I think I might have that beat. Sariana, when she plays Xbox, when she has her headphones on, Uh she verbally tells her friends AWK. First I'm off, I can verbally tell you I'm away from my keyboard. On a device that has no keyboard. Wow. On a device where you can audibly hear me. And AWC I have, away from controller? I have wireless headphones, and even if I am AWK, 
you can still hear me talk all the way across the house. And by the way, I can verbally say, hey, guys, I'll be right back. AWK was something you put in a chat room when you couldn't verbally talk to somebody audibly, and you would leave it in there. So when they scrolled up, you, oh, that's why he's not replying. He's AWK. It's not meant to be said verbally with a microphone on a device with no keyboard. But hey, I get it. Well, it seems like our language is getting worse and worse. The skills, the grammar, just as perfect example of myself just now um as we progress i mean if you take a listen to any audio recordings from people in the early 1900s compared to now and it's it's like we've devolved into shit flinging apes it's the it's the truth one i can't say anything because i got called out on tiktok for using the word botan <laughs> yeah there's a as few, in, as a few in, of them just like as in past tense for purchased i bought <laughs> but two um Every once in a while, I'll have Carrie read some copy for my What's the Scobot podcast. And when we first started, I would go, I have some Lifetime magazines from the 40s and, you know, 43, 44. Mm -hmm. And I would pull articles or uh, editorials or things like that out of there for her to reread. And she's a teacher. and But because the way vocabulary was used, grammar was used, we uh, some of the stuff we have to rewrite it because it just sounds like you don't know what the fuck you're saying when you're reading it. Because as the listener, you're like, are you having a stroke? Because the words don't make sense because the way they structured their sentence and the different vocabulary styles they used, it's almost so proper that our eight minds just can't handle it. Right? Huh? Well, and, and that goes back to another brief, very brief political, just in, in how the constitution constitution was uh, crafted and, and the words That's a living used document, and the you know. grammar used you know, like the Second Amendment talking about a, uh, you know, a regulated militia. Well, regulated Comma. doesn't mean regulated by law. It's Comma. actually more like regulated as in the laws have to follow the Constitution. As in regulated militia, comma, a whole new thing. Comma. You have the right yes. to bear arms, comma. <laughs> these rights right. cannot be. And uh, that's what I love about these politicians. The Second Amendment didn't say, motherfucker, have you read the Second Amendment? It's four sentences long. It's very clear. And these motherfuckers the can have a militia. What is a militia for those who are at home? That is a group of civilians whose job it is to create a momentary military to protect themselves and or their community. That is and exactly what is militia. doesn't mean well-trained and, and restricted either. Actually, let's talk to the but, one person out of the three of us who actually served in the military. <laughs> Mike knows what a militia is, but it's so fun. It's a bunch of crazy white supremacists. You were never meant to have military stuff. Well, not actually. This was written by a group of guys who did have military-grade weapons. And by and the way, if you ever read their quotes outside of that, it will back up the argument. You mean the one where Thomas Jefferson said the true role of a patriot is when the government gets out of hand and to knock them down a peg? That one? Or I prefer a dangerous freedom over a safe slavery or something along them lines. Yeah, but anyhow. Well, see, and, and then the, actually the National Guard was founded in 1636. It was founded by militia members throughout the entire, you know, land. And a lot of people, I've, I've talked to other guys that are like, oh, yeah, the, the Navy's been here the longest. The Marines have been here the longest. No. There were militia members long before any of that stuff was even a thought 
as far as this being a country or anything like that. That's right, so, kids. The Minutemen were more than just a punk band out of the 90s. That's God, right. They're so good, though. <laughs> you know, and I've actually heard it go as far as saying that we were never meant to have an actual national military. That's where the militia was. was yeah, the national military's job was to basically, well, no, you just said we weren't meant to have one, but. Well, in, in all actuality, I mean, if you think about it, our our military as a generality was started basically to defend the nation, not go out and, mm-hmm. you know, cause further issue or, you know, end up trying to help other people or something like that. It was all about defense when it was first, you know, came into, you know, the nation. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. We're definitely crazy, but, but back to on point, there's definitely a, a line of demarcation and I and I and now being the old ass fuck that I am, I can just imagine my dad back in the eighties and nineties when everything was ha ha totally tubular, ha ha not psych. What other annoying slang terms would we have? In I don't year? know. Just go through the skateboard slang, the snowboard slang. Well, see, it's funny. Slang, you, it's funny BMX you say slang. that because, with the exception, and the only exception was Michelangelo on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I took exception to the Hollywood portrayal of skateboarders because in the 80s and 90s, if you were a cartoon show, a sitcom, anybody with a skateboard and a surfboard in their hand was automatically given the vocabulary of Spicoli off of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Exactly. Everybody was, oh, dude, totally tubular like the walls and all, totally, totally tall, like for sure. And for whatever reason, the lazy writers in Hollywood made every single surfer and skateboarder into a fucking Spicoli. And growing up in Ohio, in farmland, and in the suburbs, we didn't know anybody who talked like that. Kind of like in the last 10, 15 years, the Lazy Riders took all all the husbands and turned them into adults. It's funny you say that, because I was thinking, I, I saw the commercial, I saw a commercial yesterday, and I'm like, wow, we're still on this? Six years later, and all the, the women and the fellas down at Madison Avenue are still making the straight white dude the jo- the butt of all the commercials. Every Well, you know, apparently we've got well, we're the hundreds only one. of years, if not thousands of we're years. We're the only ones that you can make fun of, but they're so un- it's yeah. like every single commercial the dad is the dimwit, the husband's the dipshit. He just can't if it wasn't for the wife I or the boyfriend. Why am I bringing home all the money? If it wasn't for, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for the other person poor dipshit dad wouldn't get anything to Alexa, get us to the gas station. It's a Lincoln, Dad. And and that one I get. It's but it's it's like it's like the boilerplate templates. Like if you're going to school for marketing, marketing one hundred and one. Every commercial needs a a dumb straight white man to make fun of, and then we can go from there. I think Al Bundy may have been the original. The husband that was adult that pushed this whole thing, Morgan. <laughs> I liked Al Bundy's character, but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, well, no, because yeah. that was in the eighties. This really did not this really did not come to full fruition until yeah, at least two thousand six. It may have been shoved away a little bit, pushed in a closet, but it was definitely the template. Archie Bunker, they need to bring him back. Uh, yep, yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. Too old, too old. Speaking of I got a question for you, gentlemen. Sure. You two like to fish. Uh-huh. A little bit. You little two bit. like to fish from man-powered vessels. Non-gasoline-required um, aquatic vehicles? Yes. Sure. I was listening to a podcast today. The uh, Tackle Your Personal Best podcast? To, 
and a gentleman mindset. was talking about his successes and this and that and how he is really big into kayak fishing and mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is kayak fishing is booming right now mm -hmm. there's uh evidently kayak fishing competitions mm-hmm uh, well, think about a it for a second. A lot of it has to do with the fuel prices. I was going to say, remember back in 1993 when we had a sweet ass? Oh, no, 1997 when we had a sweet ass 1991 Wave Runner 3 while well, it was a whopping two cylinders? Mm -hmm. Remember yeah, that thing had that the same size fast. gas tank as the Chevy S10? Yep. And we had to fill it up twice a day? Now imagine a bass boat, a V-Haul. Oh, I can only imagine. It's like, and Mike and I jokingly say this on our TikTok lives, hey, best thing about kayak fishing, you just got to have enough gas, get to the ramp. Now, I know, well, if you got a bass boat, you got a trolling motor, yes, but most people don't troll all the way across the goddamn lake. <laughs> they zip to where they're going, and then they turn well, on the trolling motor. Well, and not to mention these motors, you know, and everything, these gas motors on the bass boats. I mean, I've even got a boat that, you know, is gas-powered and everything. I mean, they they burn like 8.9 gallons per hour. Dude, when we Elon, were, that's a lot of fuel. When we were Elon, out, start working on a electric boat yeah because electricity yeah. and water but uh when we were out on lake okeechobee man those bass boats were like dude you felt like you're on a fucking aquatic drag strip these guys <laughs> what the fuck was oh, gotta that was get a, the whole that, that was a dual out that was a dual outboard right. bass boat i mean it was like <laughs> think about it it's like a motocross start right yeah, but this wasn't comp. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I would be doing the same thing, but it's just amazing yeah, exactly. how fucking fast these things are. But back to your point, and what a lot of people don't realize about kayak fishing, and I and I was saying this to Ron, who was bitching and moaning when we were out, and he was on Big John. Fishing from a kayak is like fishing from the top of a ladder. Yep, and not to mention, if somebody isn't in it, their silhouette looks like a battleship. Yep, it's <laughs> it's literally like fishing from the top of a ladder. Unless you have one that you can stand up on. If you have a straight up, you know, nice, super expensive, well, not super, you know, you can get the, the Lifetime Teton Angler Pro for 650 bucks. So it's a not. sit stand, yeah. You can Does stand like on that one. Perception make uh, fishing kayaks? But, you know, yes. when you have a low end kayak like me and Mike have, technically you can stand up, maybe to stretch your legs, but you're not going to do any hard casting. You sure as shit ain't going to set a hook on a big bass. You're going to flip over. Not it, in mine. You can forget that. Standing up in that thing, I'm right over like the a drink. It's like catamaran kayak. It's like casting from an yes. office chair. It's literally yeah. like casting from your office chair. Yeah, but, you you were saying, Gordon, the uh, fishing catamaran style actually bona fide kayaks makes he's bona fide um, a catamaran style hull, mm -hmm. which it comes you know from this from the very bow of the boat. It comes down like a normal boat would. But mm -hmm. then it's got these extra, like little mini pontoons on either side. Mm -hmm. They actually call it a, like a uh, an advanced catamaran type hull. So they are out there for kayaks too. Probably they from, have a training wheels for people who don't know how to use kayaks. Those are probably right. more for ocean. It's, it's, it's like the most stable kayak. <laughs> but it, you can stand up on the most. It takes a lot. Right. It takes a lot of effort to flip a kayak. I mean, you yeah. got to be all kinds of stupid to flip a, well, a kayak I've and a canoe are two different vessels. I've seen a certain little Missy end up in a drink a couple. Yeah, of but times. she she, no, she was only in the drink once off her kayak, and that's because she was standing up trying to get a lure out of a tree. That's different than sitting and paddling and flipping over. It takes a special. So, at what point do you give up on trying to save a five dollar lure? Um, it's more more likely a thirteen dollar lure plus some shipping and handling. And it depends if that's the lure that everything's hitting on, and you're only halfway through your day. And and furthermore, and Mike can probably agree with this. 
It's more than that. Leaving that lure in a tree, that's potential damage to a bird. I mean, you're True. not only is it pollution, yeah. but you're leaving hooks. And especially if it has trouble hooks on it, that's that's eight hooks in a tree that a bird, a squirrel, something can get snagged on. Just like whenever we're out and we see Christmas trees, mm-hmm. we'll go up and try to grab a, a, a lure or two off a Christmas tree just to get it. Even you know, even if we just throw it in the trash when we get home, just to, it's one less hook in, in the wild. When we were out at Christmas tree is a tree full of lures and hooks. Mm-hmm. Usually okay. on the opposite side of a bank where a lot of people fish, because most people in boats will get. It's usually the shoreline fishermen who can't obviously swim across gator infested waters so to get the lure out of a tree. The Christmas tree is the fishing variant of the pond in the middle of a golf course. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I think that'd be more like a. What would you call a pond? Would, would it be a stocking or a? I don't know. White elephant party? I don't know. Yeah, that's why it collects all the. But anyhow, you're you're asking about kayak uh, tournaments. Yes. Complete your thought. Go ahead. Are you gentlemen interested? I know Don likes to do a little competition and a little, little stuff with the OCR and him and Carrier battling it out on personal best. Have you all considered? Doing a kayak bass fishing contest, and are they readily? available these contests and or competitions i should say or tournaments my bad go ahead mike you down in florida yeah actually um well there's a uh an app or i guess an organization called tourney x that sponsors a bunch of kayak tournaments you know it's it's kind of based off of kayaking um and kayak fishing in general um you know they have nationwide tournaments they have local tournaments they have series where you know you go to this lake and then you go to the next lake and then you go to the next lake and so on and um yeah that's definitely something that i'd be interested in um i think i've mentioned it to don before about you know yeah doing something like that that maybe we can you know get in and and you know possibly if if we can win it make a little money i have since downloaded that app um Morgan Long said he's going to get bass fishing from a boat for the first time on Friday. You got to let us know how that pans out for you. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I done lost my thought. But no. Um, oh, yes. And on the topic of fishing tournaments, one of the things that got bass fishing, one of the things that, and rightfully so, and I think <clears throat> anybody who truly, in my opinion, there's, there's three types of fishermen. There's one who fish just for the sake of fishing and getting drunk. There's two, the people like me and Mike and Ron and definitely Carrie who care about the fish. We don't want to damage the fish. We want to get them back in the water. We're, we're strictly f- uh, catch and release until food prices continue to rise. Then we'll revisit that. But um, <laughs> we do everything in our power to preserve the fish because, one, we want them to grow up and, and be bigger fish. But one of the things that maybe cast a shadow on full-blown bass fishing tournaments was the fact that they would put the bass in live wells and then put them in trash bags and then weigh them. And I think the statistics were like 65% of them died from stress by the time. So you got all these 8, 10, 15-pound fucking bass that were dying by the time they re-released them. Now, I hear kayak fishing is a little bit different. Well, hold on. Um, The good news is I was watching a bass, like the Bass Master Bass Fishing Tournament on TV the other day. And what they're doing now, and I don't know if this is going to be sport-wide, but for this particular bass master bass fishing tournament, they had a certified referee in every boat. 
had the shirt on with the stripes. You catch your bass, he puts it, he weighs it, he marks it down. They fucking release it then and there. There's no stress. It's no different than you fishing on any other day. There's no more putting in the live well, okay, this one's smaller, release yeah, this one. Good. No more putting them in the trash bag and then putting them up there and then putting them in more water and then release them, have them all die. This one particular tournament, and I would suspect it's the way it's going to go, is they just, every single boat, you know, you use those bass, but you usually have a camera guy, one or two fishermen, and then... Basically, the referee sits in that one little seat on the net and just sits there and then weighs it, checks it off, calls it back on radio. And not only that, but well, you know, the cool thing about that is... The ref is, is not like a hockey ref who ends up in the middle and in the way. No, well, the cool <laughs> thing is is it's, now you have lifetime scoring. You know, shit, Carrie uh, just caught an eight-pound eight bass, Mike. We just, so now it's real-time, like while you're out there doing your tournament, it's real-time scorekeeping. And so you know where you're at. Yeah, well, and, you know, I actually watch Major League Fishing. Um, there's there's different cup events and things like that, too. So, you know, like, um, I forget what they call it, but there's a specific tournament that you catch your fish, you weigh it, you have an official in the boat with you that records that weight and you release it. And that, that type of fishing is actually the, the fishing that I like. Because you weigh every single fish, you release it right there. There's no bringing it back. There's no, you know, weight and all that kind of stuff. You you weigh everything, and and your scorecard gets updated as you go throughout the day. And you know what else and that that's eliminates? Actually, the same with Tourney X too. Tourney X does the same thing. And you know what else that eliminates? But having a referee in a boat, something I never knew was a thing. Fish staging. People fish, fish the staging? lake. Yes, I've heard about fish staging. People, they go practice fish two days before the, the tournament. Well, apparently there's been stories where people will literally catch a big-ass bass and essentially put it in an underwater cage. Go back during the tournament, they've staged their bass, and they, they're cheating. And so if you yeah. have an onboard referee, there's no more bass staging. You're not going out two days ahead of advance and putting a fish in a, a cage and keeping it over there overnight. Please tell me that Major League Fishing is called MILF. <laughs> they don't have that. <laughs> Please tell me that it's referred to as MILF. They specifically call it MLF. <laughs> now, if you, guys, if you guys want more high-quality fishing content, uh, tune into the uh, Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. You can find information at uh, d-410.com or look at all Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are found. But um, real quick, for is that a Teespring shirt? Or did you find a different vendor to make that shirt, Mike? Uh, mine came from Rush Order Tees. You'll have to send me a link for that. So I, can, I want to get some poles and paddle shirts made up. But, yeah, um, I actually, I'll, if I could show you real quick. But I have all my sponsors and everything on there, my stuff. I don't see a digital 410. All that fun there, stuff. And then on the back, I've got uh, the torn American flag with my name. No, no room for a digital 410 logo, huh? I see how it is. But, do what? I said no room for a digital 410 logo on there, huh? I see how it is. You got you to send them the proof, man. Yeah. He never asked me for it. I asked you for a logo. You sent me one. You never asked me for one. But anyhow, I digress. You know. He's all butter. Gordon now. and I have had this conversation, and kind of back to the two-way, but this is not a two-way conversation. This is going to lead into uh, what we like to call here on the What's in Your Head podcast, a slippery slope. <laughs> We know that one of the things they like to do at mass shootings now is to go after the manufacturer of the firearms, right? That's the big thing. Let's go sue uh, Colt for making AR-15s. Absolutely. And I've made the argument, well, if we can sue Colt for making AR-15s, if my kid gets shot, then why can't the parents and victims of 
child pornography sue Apple or you know the maker of the cell phone in which their child pornography was shot on because it's the same damn thing. But that's not what I'm getting to, but it kind of is. Geico ordered to pay $5.2 million to a woman who got HPV from sex in a car. Have you guys heard this fucking story? I repeat, Geico ordered to pay $5.2 million to a woman. She had had sex with the gecko. Who had sex, not with a gecko. It had to be. That's the only way they can be And got HPV in a car. And this was from Autoblog. I'm going to skip I the... heard this story. Uh-huh. And I quickly said it almost felt like a a, a bullshit story. Yes. I but well, they cite Kansas City Star who is a publish publication and is not known for being a a tabloid. That would be like me trying to get the county to to sue 7-Eleven for all their trash that's thrown all over the roads from the kids. Mhm. This week comes way out left field, which in some Somewhere near Kansas City, apparently. Thanks to the ruling of the Missouri County Appeals ordering insurance juggernaut Geico to pay a woman $5.2 million in damages after being affected with HPV during the intimate activities that took place in an insured person's vehicle. Look, we warned you, they say. Oh my God, there's going to be another fucking exclusion in their fucking... Per the Kansas City Star, so if this is fake news, take it on on the Kansas City Star and then take your anger at the autoblog.com. But according to Brian Hurd of autoblog.com, who is citing the Kansas City Star, the woman um, initiated a claim with Geico in February 2021 after learning that she had contacted a sexually transmitted infection from the partner who knew but did not disclose to her his infectious status. Since the incident in question happened in the partner's car, she argued that his liability insurance was responsible for the damage. The settlement was reportedly offered to Geico, whose lawyer declined. And as anybody who, ha- who has legitimate entanglements with the insurance company could probably guess, that case went to arbitration. And what we are certain was a surprise to Geico's legal team, the arbitrator did not go their way. The woman's partner was found liable for the arbitration proved an award of $5.2 million in damages to be paid out by the insurers despite requests by Geico for a new hearing. The insurance company appealed the court of several grounds. Now, if this in fact... How could they prove that it came from this particular partner, not a previous or a post? Well, let's just say this is not a fake story because it still has that stink to it. But let's just say this is a true story and this... We are living in times where truth is stranger than fiction. But let's just say for the sake of this podcast and the sake of this conversation, let's say this is a true story. Isn't this setting precedent that if this happened in someone's apartment, then it would be his renter's insurance who has to file a claim? Or homeowner's insurance as home. If I got robbed if while riding in the in passenger hotel, seat of Mike's the car. Hotel's not culpable. If I was riding in the passenger seat of Mike's car and I got robbed at knife point and got a stab wound i actually you know i bet his insurance would be required to pay the hospital bill on that one so i guess maybe it wouldn't be too far of a leap or what about a hotel if it happened in a hotel was the hotel be culpable probably see and that's the thing you would think okay you want to make that leap to physical a robbery abuse probably yes 
And I guess maybe a good lawyer can make the what's the difference from, you know, getting your nose broken in a assault when you're walking through the door by a homeless man versus getting an a sexually transmitted disease that has no cure. I, mean, I don't know. It's but it just seems like it's it opens up such a slippery slope because, I mean, if that is true, in fact, true story and you're in Kansas City, I can't think what a insurance company could not be responsible for at that point. Well, and I, I blame two things. The original story that I that I heard years ago was when people became sue happy mm -hmm. was when McDonald's got sued Burger because King. they didn't have hot coffee Burger put King. on their cup. Burger King. It's coffee. Burger King. And 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 same thing. No, it was Burger King, not McDonald's. But go ahead. Oh, it, it was, was Burger King. Well, yeah, I've okay. heard McDonald's. I thought too, it was so. McDonald's. Well, but they didn't put hot coffee. So now everybody gets sue happy because all of a sudden they can get all oh. these millions of dollars from these companies. And thus, why Starbucks now just gives you iced coffee when you ask for coffee. Right. The, all these little imperfections and stuff like that. And with social media and everything like that today, they get it. Mm -hmm. Because you can blast somebody on social media for anything. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden they're canceled or they're this or they're that. I, I, that's the, the two things that I blame something like that. Speaking on. of which, last check three hours ago, my TikTok complaining about the fact I got ripped off of Walmart. It has 10,000 views, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, my 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 thing was over i just the, that was just what you know my thoughts on it were is you know everybody wants to to sue the big company so they can be either get their 15 minutes of fame or so that they can get millions of dollars for doing nothing i thought i had my system volume turned off apparently not i was looking through this called the misunderstood McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit. I thought they were going to say it was Burger King, but maybe it was McDonald's. So I, I apologize. I just warned it was McDonald's. I thought it was one of the, I mean, Burger King, I, kind of like everybody says to drink the Kool-Aid when, in fact, the Jim Jones crew um, in Jonestown drank flavor aid because they couldn't afford Kool-Aid. But anyhow, no, I agree with you. It's it, You know who else is to blame? The fucking judges who allow that shit to go to court. They're the one who yeah. set the president. Yeah. And lawyers. <laughs> well, the lawyers are douchebags. We expect yeah, them. I mean, They're... the judges were lawyers, so it's kind of a... Yeah. yeah it kind of goes with I it. guess it's almost considered a kind of um, job security, but for legacy, by legacy. <laughs> I'm going to allow this shit to go so you guys can enjoy your time in the sun like I did back in my day. Back in my day. So, Don, I'm going to try this from the phone. Okay. I'm going to take you back in time. You ready? Huey Lewis style. Oh, Going back in time. Yeah, I feel like you know the name of the band? Yep. Now I know. You saw them in concert. I know. It's it's pig face. But a part of me wanted to say you were going to think I was going to say pig face, but in fact, it's evil mothers. But no, it was pig face. And interestingly enough, at my new place of employment, my coworker is named Dan, and he's 50. And he is still a diehard metalhead. And we're, we often talk about old school bands. Like the other day, we we're talking about propane and, and uh -huh. Fu Manchu and all the bands I saw at Al Rosa Villa. And pig face comes up quite a bit and clutch and all that stuff. So that would have... 
that would have thrown me back with the exception of the fact that I had actually talked about Pigface not even a week ago with Dan. Oh, that's insane. And by the way, Clutch still going strong with the original members. I think they're 30 years. Speaking of. Look at that. I know what that is. This is a worn out OG five, six-year-old sticky holster. And you know it's like a, like a generation one? Yes, because it has the green loop tag. Now, I got this a long, 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 long time ago. Is that before the rain, before the snow? Yes, I got it off a man from a man I named, named Super Psycho. No. Sir Psycho sexy. sexy. That is me. Sometimes I feel I need to scream. Yeah. Anyhow, a sticky holster has no clip because their whole shtick is that it has the same texture that football players have on the gloves. But as you can probably see, that stick is no longer there because, well, it's my everyday carry for five years. What it's supposed to look like is that. So I am brand loyal, and I got a new one because, you know, six years worth of use out of $25. That's getting your money's worth. Now, the new ones don't have the loop. It's nope. it, It's got the big symbol on yep. there. But it's funny. I had the packaging on my desk. And my boss, like, my boss is like, oh, did you get a new holster? I was like, yep. I showed him. He's like, yeah, this office is well protected. <laughs> between he and I, there's three guns between the two of us. That's yeah. right. If you're doing the math, that means one of us carries two pistols on a daily basis, and it's not me. Our, you know, it's the same with our office, including the uh, the big guy who has a Barrett and a uh, AR-10. But how many people do you display? know carry two firearms simultaneously? He basically he has two of them affixed on his body so that if he were to be pinned down, regardless of what side he's pinned down on, he still has access. He carries a Glock 17 and then like a small 38. So I got the ankle biter also for the sticky holster for my small piece, my XDS. Mm -hmm. I'm just not comfortable enough to have it under my pants. But not only that, but doesn't it's a lot of weight there and sweat, and it's bulky. It's like the episode of. Um, of uh, Better Call Saul when the chicken man had his. He kept itching it and readjusting it because it's neoprene wrapped around your leg. But the reason I like these holsters so much, and I know Gordon's a Kydex guy, I do carry my Kydex I when both. I'm fishing. But I like this one because you can you can put this thing on within three seconds without having to muscle the clip while in public. Like, I get out of my truck. I, I never tell people where I carry because... That runs the element of surprise. So I position the body in which I place my firearm inside my door, and then within half a second, I can get this thing concealed and not have to worry about, what is that clip? Oh, I got it. But um, we got rained out the other night, and I had mine on, and I forgot to dry it off. I had a little water stain on the slide in the, in the magazine well this morning. had water in it, so I had to do shit out real quick. But after six years, that one's going to the wayside. Now, for those of you, and I'm surprised Gordon hasn't noticed, I'm back to wearing my OG earphones. Oh yeah, you are, aren't you? Well, two you get things. A new cable. Two things happen. Looks like I don't see. I don't see black tape. The other day, I got up in the morning and I looked in the mirror and I had what looked to be coffee grounds all around my ear. Like, what the fuck is that? Gonna dig in, and it looks like if anybody's ever worked for a cheap business where your office chair the fake leather one is about 14 years old and the coating starts to peel off and you get that shit all over your arm the fake leather coating i was yes. like son of a bitch and it was from 
And I'm sad to say this because I have AJ, AKG uh, uh, microphone. So does Gordon. I bought I've these. Got their headphones right here. And I, I bought these problem. earphones for Dave, and he only wore them a handful of times. But the the fake okay, leather's peeling off. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm sure that wasn't the previous tenant. No, because I mean, literally, look, no one wears these, and I just pulled that big ass piece off. And so I'd have all this black shit all wrapped around my ears. So anyhow, yes, I went on Amazon, and I have been looking on Amazon for three years, and finally, a vendor, the exact same color OEM, has the screw lock, comes with the gold extension cable. I actually, you know how much this cost me? It's basically, that's a monster cable. Is that what you're saying? $8.99 with the gold-plated adapter. And it is OEM exactly. Only thing it does not have is it does not have the red Beasley, I mean, Beats audio <laughs> on there. Because <laughs> let's be honest, that is a Beasley Broadcasting Media Group logo that was stolen. But anyhow, I digress. And so, yes, I have my, and it does, my. and we talked about this before, it's so crazy. And once you talk into a microphone for so many hours, for so many years, and then you switch headphones, it's almost like listening to a recording of yourself six years later because it, your voice sounds different. Everything just sounds different. So you saying all is right in the world? Yes. All is right in the world except for if your name is Blake Lamon. Blake Lamon worked for Google. He was responsible for AI organization. He told the Washington Post that he began chatting with the interface, La MDA, language model, and dialogue for applications in the fall of 2021 as part of his job. He was taught, he was tasked with testing the artificial intelligence used discriminatory for, I'm sorry, he was, he was tasked with testing if the artificial intelligence used discriminatory or hate speech. But Leon, who studied cognitive and computer science in college, came to the realization that Google's LAMDA, which Google boasted last year was a breakthrough conversation technology, was more than just a robot. Oh, no. In a Medium post published on Saturday, Lamont declared to LM, LAMDA, why do I feel like I'm talking about fucking ecstasy? <laughs> declared that LAMDA had advocated for its rights as a person and revealed that he had engaged in conversation with LAMDA Tell me you just started podcasting without telling me you just started podcasting. Gordon just went first. <laughs> well, I was looking for it. It's, it's a live drop, and I couldn't find one. <laughs> and revealed that he engaged in conversation with LAMDA about religion, consciousness, and robotics. In the Washington Post reported published Saturday, he compared the robot to a precarious child. You know, if you had a if you had a, if you had a producer, that would have worked out well. If I didn't know exactly what it was, which is the computer program, but I'm sorry, which is this computer program we built recently, I would think it was a seven to eight year old kid that happened to know physics. Lama, who was put on paid leave on Monday, told the newspaper. In April, Lamal reportedly shared a Google Doc with the company executives titled, Is LAMDA a Sentient? But his concerns were dismissed. 
And see that? We have Skynet well on the way. LeMay, an Army vet who was raised in a conservative Christian family in a small town in Louisiana and was obtained as a mystic Christian priest, insisted that the robot was human-like, even if he doesn't have a body. So long story short, this nutball is claiming that he was fired from Google for saying that their new voice-to-speech technology is not, is a sentient with a mind of its own, and we all it's need to be aware. We all need to be aware. It's coming to It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. But, you know. Anywho. You know, there's always conspiracy nuts looking for a good conspiracy, even when there isn't one. Oh, there's always conspiracy. Good news. Justin Bieber canceled his his tour. Better news for some of you. He may never be able to sing again. Why, you ask? Why is the Bieber possibly unable to sing? Dateline, Rolling Stone, June 13th, 2022, 5 p.m. EDT. Titled, Anti-Vaxxers are flipping out over Justin Bieber's facial paralysis. Now, not to rip off Fox News, but being fair and balanced, this is coming from an extremely far-left publication, but we'll read it anyhow. This ought to be fun. <laughs> On Friday, Justin Bieber took to his Instagram to reveal to his fans that he would have to cancel upcoming dates for his world tour due to health issues. The health issue, he said during his Instagram Live, was a diagnosis of Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, a complication of the shingles virus, that resulted in facial prialysis. That's right. He can't move parts of his Say face. Say that word again. Facial prialysis. Say that word again. Prial paralysis. Paralysis. <laughs> I'm hopped up on sushi and three shots of larceny. If you want to read the story, Gordon, go ahead. But paralysis. And I have a learning disability, so fuck the both of you. Oh, boo-hoo on the learning disability. That ship sailed a long time ago, man. Paralysis. Ramsey's hunt is triggered by the Varsella Zolster virus, the same virus that causes shingles which is in turn caused by the same virus that causes chicken pox. Not monkey pox, but chicken pox. Thank God. If you contact track the chicken pox as a kid, the virus remains dormant in your system. Yes, your grandfather suffered from the shingles, like, what, three times? Thank you, Mom, for getting us all together when we were mm -hmm. little so yeah. we could all get it. It's called herd immunity that's been going on since the 70s. They'd have chicken pox sleepover parties. It'll only haunt you when you're in your I can. Speaking of haunting, you know how I discovered, and I think you know the story, but Mike doesn't. You know how I discovered that I had chicken pox as a young child? I don't know. I've slept a lot since then. Back in the hills of Hebron, Kentucky. Hebron? Isn't that where Robin lived? No, Verona. Verona, Kentucky. Up on a hill in a holler, there was a barn. And in this barn, there was a loft. And in the loft, there was some hay. And then hay in the loft in the barn and a blah, blah, blah. There was a hay loft. An itchy boy. Where, as you would imagine, the young boys would, in the time of the Fall Guy and Dukes of Hazard and Magnum P.I. and every other show that did not have parental warnings about Do Not Try This at Home. What better way to practice your airborne landings, your jumping off of exploding buildings, maybe jumping out of exploding planes and hitting the ground before it was too late, than to jump out of hayloft in a barn? 
Now, this is around a lot of barking dogs, too, right? When you're jumping out of haylofts and barns, and you got an older cousin and an older brother, depending on which person is in the barn, what better thing to do than to piss from the perch on top of the hayloft onto your younger cousin? <laughs> so as Matt found himself perched precariously with his young man boyhood flapping in the wind as he cast the golden stream upon my head... And my mom my and my aunt, and I know photos. Gordon can visualize this, as my mom and my aunt were sunbathing at the top of the driveway right next to the cistern manhole cover, next to the small shed where we would store Mountain Dew bottles to recycle for money. And there's probably Am I painting a fucking picture us. or am I painting a picture for you there, Gordon? Yeah, I went down to my picture. mom who's laying on her lawn chair that was the kind you laid out on, which was made up of plastic straps that was brown and white we all had them in the 70s basically it looked like drinking straws wrapped around and after they got old they would snap and there'd be little pieces that would stick you but and i and i said look matt peed on me and as i lifted up my shirt that was so wet and engaged in urine to remove my shirt because after all you don't want your child standing in a hot kentucky sun in a urine laden shirt as a responsible mother would do she instructed me to take off my shirt in which when i showed my Fast white belly into the hot Kentucky sun, red chicken pox. And the piss, whole piss situation went away. <laughs> the whole piss situation went away, but there was a young boy who was pissed on on this summer Kentucky day who for the longest time thought maybe, possibly, one got piss. chicken pox by being peed on. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a toad that's not warts. <laughs> it comes from the piss of a cousin from a hayloft. That's the same property there. I darn near burned down the whole woods. Fun fact, that is the same property if you go to Analog 410, not Digital 410, Analog 410, you will see myself, my cousin, and a very young Nugget who took an off-road Jeep ride shooting rifles from that same driveway as Mother Nature has taken over that property. And how was your shooting that day? sucked because it was super humid and we were standing on the same perch that mom and robin were sunbathing on but shooting down a 45 degree angle to where the what used to be the bed of a yellow toyota truck that was used for storing trash that would be burned at later date and time would have been stored and shooting at that angle with humidity it was just a hot mess that you may not have been sighted in yeah, but anyhow, so you can see that video over on Analog 410. That's the cousin to Digital 410. And you can see this overgrown property. And the barn is still there. And we actually go up in the barn, which has since collapsed, which is very interesting. So if maybe we'll, I'll post that video on this episode of the What's In Your Head podcast, which can be found at whatsinyourhead.com or wtspworldwar2.com. So if you want to paint the visual picture, but more the apocalyptic version, because they have moved out of this property some 15 years ago. And once again, Mother Nature has taken over, and it's now being used for hunting and, and what have you. Now, the um, homestead up there, uh-huh. as it were, it's pretty much overgrown by plants now, right? That's what I was saying. If you watch the video, the bar, everything, you can't see the trailer. It's just It looks like a big pile of, of weeds. I've tried to Google Earth it, and you can't see shit. But back to the story at hand. If you contacted chicken pox as a kid, no, it does not come from being peed on, as Don quite explained. It comes from a virus. So how old were you when you learned this? Uh, well, I was still in Kentucky times. So I'd be like pre-second grade. So let's say pre-kindergarten. Um, so you learned it was actually a virus? No, I didn't realize that until later in time. <laughs> Bieber's health disclosure prompted a flurry of, ex- of explainers across the internet. 
with many news outlets explaining what Ramsey's Hunt syndrome is, what the symptoms are, and how to treat it. It also prompted anti-vaxxers to wildly speculate, based on very limited evidence, that Beaver had contracted the virus as a result of getting the COVID vaccine vaccination. COVID-19 vaccine. Are we still... I mean, I know conspiracy nuts need a conspiracy, but two and a half years later, are we still playing the bad symptoms of the vaccination I mean, card? I mean, it's just like uh, a certain party uses no, don't don't let any uh, tragedy go to waste. And uh, these guys, it's let no uh, potential conspiracy. Quote, everybody's pretending that Justin Bieber isn't vaccinated injury. The Nile is way too deep. Read one tweet from more than th- uh, th- read one tweet with more than three thousand four hundred shares. Now Rolling Stone, you can't cite a tweet with thirty four hundred shares as a fucking evidence because once again, my TikTok complaining about fucking Walmart has ten thousand views and that's still nothing. So you're reaching. And not to say out, out of these shares, how many of these shares were trolling the said post? But once again, three thousand is not really. That's far from viral. That definitely isn't worth citing in a fucking story on Rolling Stone, but I digress. Uh, Let's see. Many also connected Bieber's illness with the fact that his wife, Hallie Bieber, developed a blood clot that traveled to her brain, requiring her to have surgery back in March. Haley spoke about this shortly afterwards, claiming that the blood clot was a perfect storm of multiple factors, including having taken birth control pills, a known risk factor for clots, taking a transcontinental flight and having recently had COVID. TikTok has also become a Patriot dish for such conspiracy mongering content. Both Haley's Claw and Justin Bieber are having SEs side effects for those of you out of the know. One user wrote in a caption of her video that had three views <laughs> along with an emoji of a syringe. Guys, what the fuck? I'm sorry. Guys, wait the fuck up. Many of these videos are under the Ramsey Hunt Syndrome hashtag on TikTok, which currently has 34 million views. It's amazing how many people are disconnected from reality. (sighs) I want to disconnect myself, pull my brainstem out, and unplug myself. I want to do it right now. Name that song quick, 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 quick. Who's the artist? Who's the artist? Gordon, come on. You know this, man. You know this. Henry fucking Rollins, man. From the oh, album yeah. Wait that is currently out of print. So I mean you can play the song? Ah, uh, probably. You know, we had a musician who has music on Spotify. He is a um, writer and author, and he's working on a small film project about the paratroopers known as the Pathfinders during D-Day. And we played a fun game on the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast live on YouTube. It's called Can I Get a Copyright Strike by Playing the Music of the Artist that I'm Currently Interviewing Right Now on the Show. And at that point, we had not um, gotten a, a strike, but it would have been Good. funnier as hell if we would have. Rollins, unplug myself. I can't believe you don't remember the song. There's a lot of songs bouncing around in my head amongst other things. Apparently. There's only so much room. That's not it. That's a Shopify ad. And I'm getting older, so, you know, I'm forgetting Ah. things. Then that's a question I have. As you get older, Don, do you find yourself still wanting to wear the flat hats, or do you want to lean into the age? No, because if you are a watcher, a viewer, an enjoyer 
of all things, the Velocity Channel, which is basically true TV is to the Impractical Jokers as Velocity Channel is to roadkill. <laughs> it's all roadkill content all the time. Anybody who builds a motorcycle, works on cars, still has the West Coast flat bill hat. Yeah, and it's out of here too. You see it, but it, it even, even like still don't remember the song. Yeah, I recognize it now. Even like printed tees and dressing in Vans shirts and and, and certain things. Do you, you at what age do we drop that and lean into our age? We don't have to. See, the interesting thing about age is our our concept. As the two guys in their forties are wearing buttoned-up shirts with plaid. <laughs> This is a Wrangler shirt because I just came from the fucking radio. No, I, I, I came home from work and then went to the sushi joint. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's a very good conversation and it's a good topic. And that is our predetermined concept of age is based off of those people who grew old before us. But also, how much of it is us trying to hold on to our youth? Well, and that's very good, too. But our concept of fashion and age is based off of the people who grew old before us. And so when we think of people in our 70s and 90s, 80s, 90s, and 100, we think of old men who pull their pants up to their nipples and have button-down shirts. And they got to be a certain color blue pants that looks very uncomfortable. But what we don't realize... Or as, as we get older, we realize this person. when we when we go on Facebook and see the girl who has the same exact haircut in 2022 that she did in 1993, and that is people get frozen in a moment in time. Now, the old people that you're looking at that have their pants up to their belly buttons, they're not wearing their pants up to the belly buttons because they're 90. They're wearing their pants up to the belly button because in 1943, that's the way you wore your fucking pants when you're 18. Well, I have pockets were real deep in those things too, so they had to reach all the way. Down. Pockets, the fucking zipper, <laughs> the zipper on my World War II pants have got to be fucking nine and a half inches long because they are I was authentic. Say nine inches, and you pull them up above your belly. That's the way pants were worn back then. That's because in a day it required a nine inch zipper. Because that's the way clothes were worn, and that's why nine year olds. Because that's the way they wore them when they're eighteen. Just like that chick you see on Facebook who still has the straw on her fucking head because that's the way she wore it when she was eighteen in nineteen fucking ninety five. Shrub is the worst thing in the world. That's that, why you that see that killed so much ozone. <laughs> that's why you see those chicks that still have that '80s cut. They're still flossing their fucking stonewashed jean jacket, and they're loving the fact that that oh, fucking that Stranger is Things back? is bringing their shit back. And just like Kate Bush is so happy that Stranger Things brought her fucking running up the hill song all to TikTok, she's making a shit ton of money. But it's interesting. So to answer your question, no, nay, just like our parents who grew up in the '70s. Our mom, she still walks around with Harley Davidson t-shirts and all that at her Does age she? because is she on. Do you? Because that's what she wore in her prime. And and as we get older, we we are stuck in the mid two thousands. Some could argue I'm stuck in the nineties because in my fun photo, my senior year book, I'm wearing a girl skateboard hat. I did have the hillbilly farmer curve, but. I'm wearing a Plan B Eisenhower jacket that looks just like the same fucking Dickies jacket I have in 2022. I have a World Industry skateboard t-shirt Actually, on. Actually, I thought that was a Division 23 jacket. Yes, it was a Division Snow 23, work. and I had a Division 23 hat on, but it was an Eisenhower jacket, as the name implies, based off the Eisenhower jacket from World War II, which is the same gas station attendant jacket they wear nowadays. But mm -hmm. 
So, no, our style, until the day we die, we'll be dressing like it's fucking 2005. And that's just the way it is. Just well, like Mike will be I, dressing like say, it's 2010. Thank God we're not dressing <laughs> like it's 2010 and it's all Ed Hardy and... Well, and, I mean, uh, there's always that. I mean, you're not. Oh, there's see- there's a guy that we get water from. He still rocks, and I and I he he uh, said he was a stand up comedian at some point in time. I really should try to get him on here, but now he, he basically runs a business where he distributes water. Uh, he's a he's a funny guy, a little bit of a one trick pony, uh, but he always wears his Ed Hardy and his uh, true religion affliction pants. shirts, right? And his true religion pants. So I walk in, I'm like, hey, 2010 called. What their fucking clothes back? Mm-hmm. You still rocking that shit, man? Yes. The girls like it. That's funny. I look back at my like my yearbook and stuff like that, and I I see all the kids with the emo haircuts and stuff like that. Oh, the thing is, <laughs> you're gonna, you're going to see that in 15 years. One of my senior yeah. pictures, I have a Sonic Youth shirt on. Yep. My haircut was very reminiscent of. What is that actor's my, name? My haircut and my yearbook photo is the man bun, but minus the man bun. I had the ponytail. I never put it in a bun. It's the same exact fucking haircut the Been kids had three years ago. Widow's Peak. The too. undercut with the ponytail that when my hair was down, my hair was past my shoulder, but I wore a ponytail, which is the same haircut that guys were wearing a year and a half ago, except for they would take the ponytail and put it in a bun. Now, did you have this hair long like that to piss off the parents of the girls? Who liked you? Not really. I just grew it out because you got to keep in in mind because of you and your advanced age and the fact that your time time spent (laughs) on OSU campus while I was in middle school, you were in the underground music. So I was the kid being made fun of for wearing your Nine Inch Nails broken and fixed t-shirts in eighth grade. Yet two years later, those same cocksuckers were saying, boy, Downward Spire was the best album ever. When I was getting made fun of in middle school for listening to albums like Uplift Mojo Party Plan and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Red Hot Chili Peppers by the Trinity Kids, those same Trinity Kids two years later saying, boy, Under the Bridge is the greatest song ever. And so a pile of shit. (laughs) We were into the music and the Doc Martens before you could buy them at TJ Maxx. We bought Doc Martens when the only place you can get them was at custom shoe stores on fucking OSU campus. And so we were always kind of ahead of the trends. And so and then because we would get mad when it got popular and say, I don't listen to that anymore. And furthermore, go back before Stop. that, when we were growing up in Rickenbacker Air Force Base and I was in elementary school, my contemporaries were listening to the new kids on the block, MC Hammer, Skid Row, White Snake. What were we listening to? Nuclear Assault, Testament, DRI, The Dead Milkman. And so we were always on the other end of the spectrum. And so by that time, I was listening to Nine Inch Nails fucking skinny puppy and so the long hair just went with the music i was listening to and the skateboard culture and now look at us we're middle-aged angry white guys so by the time we were in high school (laughs) and that shit was starting to get popular i already had it grown out and that's when i and then when it's so funny because jinkos man jinkos were the creators of the wide no jinkos were clown fucking clothes Yes, they were. Jinkos was ripping off skateboarders who were going to the thrift stores when they were a size 31 and buying size 34 pant. And they're corduroy, too. Well, we that was before corduroy. So by the right. time that everybody would start rocking these fucking $60 G Sears versions of pants you could get at the thrift store for $3, me and my crew had ch- switched from denim and were wearing 1980s corduroy pants that we got at the thrift store for $0.38. Cents. 
One of the worst styles in skateboarding, one of the worst things that ever come out of skateboarding in the 90s, besides the stupid large pants, is the super small wheels. Mm-hmm. But that was to slow your board down when you're doing those crazy tricks. And I, I can't... We called them flippy kids, and we were still kids. I can't attest to this, but I still stand by the fact that... <sighs> why they had to rename it to the fanny pack. The hip pack came from the skateboard world. Because when we were wearing those retarded-ass cotton pants with the deep pockets, your shit fell out of them. So you would keep your keys and your multi-tool in the, in the hip pack. And then when it got mainstream, it turned into the fanny pack. Because we wore them on the front underneath our T-shirt. You had them on the front of you underneath your T-shirt. No one could see them. Or some, if you watch old Vision Streetwear videos, you'll see them on top of the T-shirt. But we sure shit didn't wear them over our ass. And they weren't the fucking size of a fucking huge backpack. They were just a single... Single pouch you put your shit in because everything would fall out of your pockets when you're skateboarding. Now, my understanding is the hip pack or fanny pack is actually the equipment of the well-heeled traveler when in third country in sketchy situations. Yeah, you hide your money in your wallets. Speaking of sketchy situations, before we get to the news, and Mike, I think, has some shit to talk about, too. Cape Coral Mayor says city is safe amid apparent wave of violent crimes. <laughs> That's good to know. Violence in the southwest Florida. Is that a big wave or a little wave? Let's find out. Violence in Southwest Florida's largest city, Cape Coral, the home of yours truly, is on the rise, and the city's mayor wants to ensure people to know the city is safe. It's everywhere. Over the weekend, there was a shooting at the Wawa off of Veterans Parkway in Santa Barbara Boulevard in Cape Coral. Since Memorial Day, there has been a deadly officer-involved shooting, a deadly shooting, and arrest of two boys accused of stealing over 20 guns. Is that a store named after a toddler needing water? Um, it's I when Wawa moved the to town, all the people from like the northeast were like happier than Puppy at Two Peters because apparently Wawa is like from fucking Connecticut or Maryland or New. So it's I like don't the, know. the Texas Buckies. Their logo is two sw- uh, flying like Canadian geese, or so maybe it's from Canada. They do have a decent fucking meatball sub, but anyhow, fucking Canadians. Two boys were accused of stealing over 22 guns as violent in Cape Coral took place over the last two weeks. Quote, that's shocking. Cause you wouldn't feel when you were in the community. You look around the community, you wouldn't feel like it's here, said Thomas Mitchell of Cape Coral. After the shooting on Wawa on Sunday, people took to Facebook calling the city the Wild West, saying this place is getting famous for shootings. One person commented, this is not the Cape Coral it once was. Wink News brought yeah, you that those was swampland. <laughs> Nobody lived there. Wink News brought you those comments on Cape Coral. Uh, I'm sorry, comments said Cape Coral's mayor John Gunther. That doesn't sound right, Nick. And asked they him if he was concerned that the people would see these things and decide against moving to the city. No, it's probably the fact that a fucking uh, rent a house yes. in this goddamn community costs three times as much as fucking rent's going to prevent people from moving here. But I digress. Speaking of which, I have a real estate cat who's big on TikTok here in Cape Coral who may come on next week to talk about the overinflated price of living here in Cape Coral, but we'll see. That's in the still in the works. Quote, I think a couple of instances you mentioned here today have been, you know, in the news for the last two weeks. But overall, I think we're still a very safe, safe city. See, if you say safe very, very twice, it means you're fucking serious, right? That's what you want in a mayor. Very, very safe city. Can I say we've never had instances that we prefer not to... I'm sorry. Can I say we've never had instances that we prefer not to happen? (laughs) Absolutely not. 
but we have to make sure we stay proactive when it comes to our crime. That's why I carry my own firearm, says Gunther. That included adding 50 new police officers to the Cape Coral Police Department as part of the chief's five-year plan to keep us. So great, we've got to wait five years or the virus fucking stop. So that's 10 officers a year for five years. To keep up with the city's growth and to help address the needs for police departments. How about we get some fucking sidewalks and street lamps so kids stop getting ran over? But that's another story for another time. Actually creates an extra air of safety, too. I have the utmost confidence in our police department. That, that, oh, okay. Now, once again, I have a learning disability and my grammar sucks. And Now, do you think that the chief, uh, the mayor said this, or do you think this is a typo? I'm going to read it as it's written, for it has been told. I have the utmost confidence in our police department that that level of service and that quality of protection will stay the same as it has been in the past. I think it could have been a stutter. I think he could have said that, paused, and that. Yeah, new kids don't like using commas. It's it's offensive. It's all cap. What do you think, Mike? Do you feel endangered when you venture across the river from your wonderful land of the Forum into Cape Coma, Florida? When I was a kid growing up in Cape Coral, um, there was a lot of kids my age that were trying to get in the gangs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> The hard street life of Cape Coral. Exactly. It was a thing. I know somebody, I won't get into it, but I know somebody, him and his sister actively sought out gangs, actively were douchebags to the point where their mom's house and car was shot up in a drive-by shooting. Can you imagine somebody, even even from Grove City or, or Cape, Thinking they're hard thug life, and then they move to a place like Vegas or L.A. trying to trying to Long Beach, California, that. per se. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think they'd make it. They get laughed. But yeah, it, well, it, go ahead. No, go. I was going to say to Mike's point. Yes, go ahead, that Mike. that was why I was glad that I moved away for ten years because I was getting into kind of that suburban gangster lifestyle did you have gold in the front did you have gold in the front we we because you know we had the same group of friends we always hung out all the time and and we listened to all the same music and stuff like that i mean we we grew up in a in a place between skyline and chiquita that we called 10th street and 10th street was you know now hold on skyline and chiquita before pine island or skyline and chiquita by surfside because if you're saying by surfside that's a fucking rich neighborhood no 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 no. so you're talking about pine island skyline and chiquita just south of pine island road basically where i live now okay gotcha yeah you live in the hood uh, yeah and uh yeah i mean we 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 actually got caught one time it's a quick story i um was running around with my friends and you know we were all trying to you know run around and go to the hangout spot to go smoke weed or whatever and do what you did when you were a kid and uh we actually had three lee county sheriff's officers pull up behind us and people were like throwing their shit left and right and doing this and uh the first cop walked up to us and he was like what are you guys doing this late it was like 11 30 at night and we were going somewhere to go do kid stuff <laughs> the teenager stuff and uh he was like well we got a phone call that somebody uh somebody thought there was a bunch of kids running around the neighborhood neighborhood trying to break into cars and steal stuff and break into houses and things like that we 
had no intentions of doing anything like that, but we all got searched. I had cigarettes on me. I had a knife. I had this, that, and the other, and, and all that shit got taken, and they were like, where do you live? And, and at the time, my parents, my parents were split up, and my mother lived here, and my father lived up in North Carolina, and I was like, no, you're not calling my dad. I, you can call my mother. That's fine. That's no Now, were you ever, so. you weren't borderline of Lords of Chaos, were you? No. We'll save Lords of Chaos in another episode, Gordon. But uh, hear this fantastic song behind us. You gotta watch this video. This is called Welcome to the Hood, Fort Myers, the official music video, 2011. They're singing this at Centennial Park underneath the Edison Bridge, right by where now the restored restrooms are. And this whole video is them trying to make Fort Myers sound like hardcore. So this is Welcome to the Hood. And in all honesty, Cape Coral is just one big ass HOA. <laughs> is all it boils down to that it's you know older people that are you know in their retirement age. They're not quite ready for the condo life yet. They're still hanging on to that last little bit of I'm gonna own a house. But and isn't it amazing that there's an entire generation, i.e., your generation, because the person I'm talking about is roughly the same age as you, maybe a little younger, who grew yeah. up here that you guys literally living in a suburban swamp went out of your way to try to turn this town into a fucking shithole. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved to Long Beach, California, straight out of fucking Ohio and Kentucky with my cornbread accent, the first person to befriend me in Long Beach was a Hispanic kid that I worked with at Sears with. And he was first-generation American, born in Long Beach. Still talk to him occasionally on, on Facebook. And we were driving around, going to certain locations in Long Beach to acquire certain things that may or may not have come in small bags with Ziplocs on them. And I was talking about the, all the tagging and the, and the um, bob wire on the freeway signs because the, the tagging is so bad, they literally put prison-grade razor wire around the fucking freeway signs to keep people from climbing them and spray painting them. And he begins to talk to me about how, you know, when he was younger, him and his friends would go and spray paint the neighborhood. And I asked him, I said, did it ever occur to you how dumb it is to spray paint your own fucking neighborhood <laughs> and then to complain about how shitty your neighborhood is? I said, doesn't it make more sense to maybe hop on a bus or ride a bike to the neighboring neighborhood and spray paint their shit <laughs> instead of destroying your shit in the town where you live in? Oh, it never really occurred to us. It's like, come on, Robert. Why would you spray paint your own fucking city? Go spray paint someone else's shit. Just like this was a problem in Cincinnati. It happened quite, every time there was an issue where the community had took umbrage with the police. Oh, yeah. They would burn down their own fucking neighborhoods, not the neighboring neighborhoods, 
Not go across the river into Covington or maybe into Florence or Erlanger. I'll show you, copper. I'll burn down my own neighborhood. They would burn down their own neighborhoods, and then when the fucking firemen come, they would throw rocks at them for trying to put out the fire in their own fucking neighborhood. I never understood. It's like, why do you burn your own shit? Go burn someone else. Not that I'm... Rage will make people do stupid shit. Not that we're advocating burning anything. We're not... You know, members of fucking left wing crazy people in Portland. We're just simply saying it makes more sense that if hypothetically you were so angry you wanted to burn some shit, that it would make more sense to burn someone else's shit, not your own, and then physically abuse the people who are coming to try to save I'm your so property. I'm so mad at you. I'm going to burn down my own house. And it's not like these people had homeowners insurance. I was trying to cash a check, if you know what I mean. So it just it just never made sense to me. Do you have anything on your list of shit you want to talk about, Mike? Since I took up all the show. Um, well, let's see here. Um, just wanted to throw this quick story in here, uh, from FWC, uh, June 9th, 2022, the Florida fish and wildlife commission Con- conservation commission, excuse me. So yeah, it's not that fucking loss. easy, is it? <laughs> Huh? It's not that fucking easy, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Suffered a tremendous loss when senior investigator Kyle Patterson was involved in a fatal car crash in St. Lucie County and died as a result of his injuries. Uh, he leaves behind his wife and two young children. Um, senior investigator Patterson began his career with FWC in January of 2007. Prior to joining the FWC family, senior investigator Patterson, Patterson attended such and such college. And uh, he was a member of the Florida Ag- Agriculture Crimes Intelligence Unit and the Florida Marine Intelligence Unit. He was a devoted father and husband and was very involved in his church and community. What I heard about this story was that he actually got hit by a car coming down the on-ramp in the wrong Jesus direction. Christ. Now, was and the driver over 90, I hope? I don't believe so. I think it was somebody fleeing from the police. Jesus Christ. What yeah, is... That, that what was is... A, a sad thing in the fishing community that uh, I wanted to throw in there that, uh, you know, our thoughts and... You know, that actually prayers go out with his family. That actually occurred to me in my transitional period. Not when I became a young lady. I'm still trying to get the surgery for that. But when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my career, I actually considered leaving the computer world behind. And I actually thought about what does it take to become a Florida Fish and Wildlife Officer? I thought that would be pretty cool. I know a lot of people frown upon being the man. Look, fuck you. If you can't afford a $19 year fishing license, but you got a $300 rig, go fuck yourself. Seriously. Well, I had people up in North Carolina that were like that. I had a I had a buddy up there. He was like, I can't believe they make us buy a fishing license. It's $19 a year, you do. She you got a $300 electric reel. Funds and the conservation efforts that go behind it. Yeah. I just spent yeah, I mean I just spent three hundred dollars on a Zepco digitally controlled bait caster that doesn't get birds nests. It requires three AA batteries and I doesn't it, but what's that? Two hundred dollars for that reel, that's a deal. Nineteen dollars a year for fishing law how dare you? You gotta have a license for everything in this country. Just ain't fucking fair. Free my ass. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like, yeah, it, it, and you know, there's so much that goes into you know FWC when they they go over red tide and and you know they actually were reporting no red tide at all throughout the entire state, which is awesome. But but um, I, I can't get I can't get down to Walmart before the fishing light counter closes because I work, sir. Well, I can't but help but notice you got a fucking iPhone in your pocket. Yeah, what of it? 
download the Florida Fish and Wildlife app. You can fucking buy your fishing license online. You don't have to go to yeah, Walmart. You can afford that fucking phone. You can buy it right online. Just like I paid for my registration for my truck through the app on my phone today. That's nice. Isn't it yeah, amazing? That's a wonderful fucking tool. <laughs> so when I got my job, see my brain just skipped there. I think we brought this up, so I won't go through the whole thing. When I moved to California and I went to go to school, I had to get my social security card, which required a copy of my birth certificate, which required a co- going down to get it, and we needed post-haste, so it was actually cheaper and quicker for me to fly back to Kentucky, get with my mom, go down to the fucking state capitol, get a copy of my birth certificate, fly back home, get my social security card. Started my new job, I had to get a copy of my social security card. I got it through a fucking app. Didn't have to produce any of the paperwork I had to produce 40 fucking years ago to get it. Clearly, they're just researching the background. It's Everything is so easy now. You have no excuse for not doing anything government-wise. You don't even have to leave your fucking house. You don't have to produce 38 copies of shit. You just download an app, put your name, your information in there. They get with Google and find everything out about you, and voila, it's done, and it's cheap. So there's no reason not to have – there's no excuse for any of that shit. I don't have time to go to the DM. You don't need to. Download the app. I don't have time to wait in line for fishing. You don't need to. Download the app. It's so, it's so much easier to live nowadays. What's people's excuse for not getting shit done? It's insane. Gordon, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready to get sweaty? Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. This is going to be a Las Vegas-centric newscast today because... Because we already covered all the local stories in Cape Coral. Las Vegas has been the gift that keeps on giving. Article number one. More dead bodies found in Lake Mead? No, but Las Vegas residents are cashing in by renting out their pools and backyards by the hour. Ugh. Yeah. Would you want some stranger's body funk in your pool? Oh. Well, actually, hold on. Let me, let me revise that. As somebody who lives in Florida, who has lived in two different houses with pools, you don't use your pools in Florida. You just waste your money on keeping that shit clean. So go ahead, rent it out, because chances are you never swim in your own pool anyhow. Well, people are renting out their pools by the hour using an app called Swimply. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, the platform is like Airbnb, but for pools. These users are getting some much-needed relief from the Las Vegas summer sun, which just started, and the owners are able to make a little bit of dough. According to the website, it has hundreds of pools to choose from in the Las Vegas Valley and across the country. Does it have a kidney bean pool? Owners can set their own price, which are averaging about 45 bucks an hour. Does it got an above-ground pool? No, they're all in-ground out here. It's got a baby pool? See, I live in an apartment complex, and I don't even like using our community pool. That's just gross. Oh, especially not the community <laughs> pool. It's a big deal for us to make sure our pool and home are family-friendly. We uh, really enjoy providing a place for families where they can get away and know they're safe, according to Kathleen and Justin, who are a couple in Las Vegas renting out their pool. Listings describe pool's dimensions, depth, amenity, like available bathroom, shade, if it's got a diving board, some lounge chairs, uh, a pergola or two. Guests uh, use the app to select this pool and pay. Simply guests do have to sign a labor waiver of liability while pool hosts are required to obtain insurance in accordance with their terms and conditions, which is interesting because you really can't, let's say passed it recently, even uh, rent out your home. Mark this time. 
on episode 100 and I think no that's wrong podcast episode 23 season 4 132 minutes in on June 15th when you hear this if you are leasing out a pool in this state you might claim you're doing it for liability reasons despite what your homeowner's insurance say turn off your fucking cameras because you're opening up yourself to no, he was recording my daughter in her swimsuit out on his yes. pool deck he's a pervert yep you're gonna say you're doing it for liability you're just opening yourself up to fucking sexual harassment claims turn off the nest turn off the google fi turn off fucking anything have them sign a liability waiver. Anything that happens on your pool deck while they're there is on them because you are not going to have some fucking douchebag looking to sue you for a quick fucking half a million claim that you're watching their fat fucking wife do a fucking uh, endo off their fucking diving board on your camera. It's going to happen. So speaking of pools, we're going to go on to another story. This I like billiards myself. This is an investigation by one Inside Edition. Dun, dun, dun. Pool waters at two popular Vegas day clubs contain E. coli and high levels of bacteria. This falls under the file of no shit. An investigation into popular pool clubs in Las Vegas Strip revealed the president's presence of bacteria and even E. coli. According to Inside Edition, they sent a team of producers to collect samples at the three most popular day clubs on the strips. That's going to be the Marquee Day Club at the Cosmopolitan, the Daylight Beach Club at Mandalay Bay, and Tahoe Beach Day Club at the Venetian. The pool waters were then collected and sent to uh, one IEH Laboratories located in Seattle for testing and where the results were reviewed by Dr. Susan Whittier, who is a clinical microbiologist at Columbia University. An expert in semen. What we found was a lot of fecal bacteria in some of these pools. Whittier told Inside Edition... Uh, The potential for infection occurring seems inevitable. The Southern Nevada Health District requires these day clubs to keep the pool's filtration systems in continuous operation and even keep the pool clean of debris, slime, and and biofilm. But in the pool at the Marquis Day Club, uh, they found uh, fingernails, cigarette butts, foamy debris that was collected. Uh, The bacteria count was 15 million. And that foamy debris tested positive also for E. coli. And semen. So, yeah, if you feel like coming out here, you may want he to said really coming. avoid these pools. Way to keep uh, it above bar. They're, they're gross. <sighs> Great. And then um, Las Vegas detective was arrested. The protective? What the hell is that? A Las Vegas detective, oh, detective. was arrested. That's a mouthful. Why, you ask? Because he pulled a gun on a driver in an apparent road rage altercation. So a Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department detective was arrested after pulling his gun on a driver after a parent road rage altercation. Department officials announced in a press statement. Here's the here's the here's the interesting thing. Uh, he was actually booked at Clark County Detention Center for two counts of assault with a deadly lay weapon and one count of oppression under the color of law. According to Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department officials. Schneider was Schneider. driving in the area of Buffalo Drive and Regatta Drive on May the 19th when he got into an altercation. Was that one driving. day at a time, Schneider? Very, I think, it, yeah, probably. After Schneider, uh, Schneider 
drove his personal car back to his residence while wearing his then denim he returned, vest. Returned. Now check this out. He got out of his car and returned to the scene in his unmarked police vehicle. And denim vest. Yep. And this situation further escalated, and Schneider drew his firearm on a citizen, according to Las Vegas Metro. So the guy gets in an argument. He takes his personal car home. Oh, I'm the law. For those you playing at home, for those gets you, in his unmarked police car, comes back and continues the altercation and pulls a gun on the guy. Now, for those you playing at home, go ahead and Google Schneider from one day at a time. Do a Google image search, and you'll understand the reference to the denim vest. Continue. Yes, and well, you got the <laughs> cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve too. You can't forget that. No, can't forget that. So yes, this guy is in a lot of trouble. He's an idiot. Uh, even the cops can be idiots. And then, real quick story. Builders say that tiny homes will now become the future of affordable housing oh, in Las Vegas. Ever. Look, we can entertain. Who the fuck are you? Why are Why are they always entertaining? You ever watch those TV shows without shopping for a house mm-hmm. on Home Fucking Good and Channel? And these fucking twenty year olds all say, "Look at all the space. Now we can entertain." Are you a fucking comedian? Who the fuck are you entertaining in your house all the time? That every episode, look, we can entertain. I've hey, never you know, entertained anybody small in my house. Employee dorms and big sky. I know you yes. fit a lot of motherfuckers in there in that circle. And ain't nobody was entertained. Around. Well, we were entertained by other things. So tiny homes are more popular than ever, as we see, and they bring affordable housing. Affordable let's try that again. Affordable home ownership to the valley. With these homes, the entire unit can now be picked up, shipped, and placed wherever you like. So Tony Lopez, the founder and CEO of Alternative Living Spaces in Las Vegas, and his company's goal is to help people become homeowners for about a third of the price of of a traditional home. Not that easy, is it? According to this guy, you can still have the same quality of life. Just uh, live in a smaller space and have fewer expensive. So he's basically saying that starting uh, around 50K, you get their 20-foot model, and it goes up to a 40-foot model at 100,000. You know what I hear from that story, from that guy's quote? That I didn't... Come on down to my lot and buy my trailer. No, re- read his quote again. You can still have the same quality of life, just live in a smaller space, and have fewer expenses. That's him saying, I grew up in a four-bedroom, three-bathroom in suburbia and have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. You talk to anybody who grew up in a studio apartment or a fucking single-wide trailer, and let's talk about the quality of life in a small fucking house. It's not there. No, it's not. You can have the same quality of life in a smaller... No, you can't. Stop it. This episode of the news is brought to you by the like button. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Go ahead with your your sponsor, Gang Gordon. This episode of the news is brought to you by the like button. So if you happen to be watching us on YouTube, please smash that like button and hit subscribe. And if you're not watching us on YouTube, do us a favor. Go home, turn on your YouTube on your Roku TV or your cable box or your phone, your extra tablet, your laptop. You don't have to watch the video. Just turn it on and let it play because we need about 100 more hours to get monetized. Um, and that would go a long way. And while you're uh, wanting to support us, please head over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Not only can you find out information on the What's In Your Head podcast, the What's a Scuttlebutt podcast, the Fail to Fail podcast, but our very own Mike No Last No Use for Last Names podcast, Tackle Your Personal Best Fishing podcast with him and his co-host Ron, and occasionally, hopefully less than more with me, because I like to have a podcast on the network that has nothing to fucking do with me, but I do show up every once in a while under please and begging for Mike 
and um, I happily to do so. But I just I truly want their podcast to fly on their own accord, and I I really want other podcasts on the show that people can say, well, gee, gee this guy just needs another fucking podcast. So that's why I tell Mike no all the time because I want him to sail on his own fucking boat. But uh, yeah, if uh, you want to support anything we do here at the Digital Four Ten Network, email us at info at d hyphen four ten dot com. Wire at d-410.com or uh, pbbaits.d-410.com. It's where you find Mike's page until we get him a domain name. Um, you can click on that Patreon link, like, subscribe, sign up to the dollar a month, and as Gordon said, go to YouTube. And if you have an idea for a podcast but have no idea how to get one out into the universe and you potentially want to host a podcast on the Digital 410 Media Network, email us at info at d-410.com. And like Napoleon Dynamite said when he wants people to vote for Pedro, because I just watched it recently on Roku TV while working on stickers here in the What's It Scuttlebutt podcast studio, Vote for Pedro and all your dreams will come true. Well, email us. And unlike Bailey, who's completely upset that she can't get in a Sarianna's room, henceforth why she's barking in the background, uh, we will open our doors to you and help you get your podcast out there. So for myself, Gordon, and no use for a last name, Mike from the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast, my name is Don, and we will talk to you all next week. And I don't have my closer up because i got two different mini soundboards, and now this is what it's like when you're trying to stretch to find the button that you want to hit, but you still have too many soundboards open, you can't find the right one, and so you keep talking and rambling, rambling and talking, and now this pops up, and if I say, fuck it, we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. There it is.